They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. Super dope episode of the G Splash Podcast, aka the Dopest Podcast on Earth. I'm your host, Rally Back to my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Hello, everybody. It's going down. It's episode number 160. Yeah, big one, baby. Season four still pumping through, baby. Yeah. Uh, Today we're talking all about the House of M Marvel Comics uh, event. It's a big one. Started, yep, it was a huge one, actually. If you're, um, and listen, if you're thinking to yourself right now, it's just, oh boy, they're talking comic books, lame. Hold on, because, yes, it's a great comic series, but it ties into so many of the things that you love about Marvel, so just hang in for those. Yes, yes, definitely. I believe it stopped, was back in, what, 20, 2005, maybe? 2006? 2005, 2006, sounds right? Uh, yeah, June 2005. 05. 2005, yeah, yeah. They usually, they usually do their, their big comic event. Uh, circle, summer circa, summer, yeah, yeah. And this is before it was MCU was really popping, so can do a whole. Not even this, started yet. We won't even get Iron Man for another three years. Is that right? No, two thousand eight. Oh yeah, wild. Then they start to veer some of the comics towards the movies for a little bit more. Yeah, they do. It works. Yeah, it they works. do. It works. <laughs> but uh, also, this is rumored to have a, a lot of heavy uh, influence for WandaVision, which, uh, speaking of, Chris and I have done, once again, the next episode where we're talking WandaVision. We talk episodes one and two uh, over there. And then this weekend, we'll be doing episode three, which I can't wait. You know, Chris went through some theories and whatnot. So definitely check those out. We do over mm-hmm. little Easter eggs here and there. Some good stuff, I think. Chris, I, I got to say, there was some things I started to realize after I thought about it and I let it sink in and kind of get my, my comic book plays and in, in pieces together. Um, so I want to cu- t- uh, touch quickly on some of these theories and stuff that people have been saying. that I, And there's a co- another theory that I have that I didn't really, because I was like so confused when I watched it. Even though we talked about it on the sure. show, I was like, I, I was still at a loss of like, because I, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to, but, uh, so I didn't feel like I weighed in at all on, sure. on the whole thing, but I was um, going heavy. I was going ham. So I, I kind of read this theory and actually we did say this on that show, this first part where if you think about it. They can still kind of tie this mutant element to it. And part of the reason is, Chris, you said it, is that once the snap happened, it could potentially unlock. They could they could write this in as it unlocking the X gene. And now we have mutants. Totally, totally possible. It's an easy it's an easy tool 
to introduce mutants. And it's interesting because um, there's only four characters in the MCU that have gotten their powers off of the Infinity Stones, and one of them was like a sentient being. So Vision, and he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Right, uh, right. And exactly. that's, not a, that's not a spoiler for WandaVision. That's actually a spoiler you blew for Infinity it. Game. Infinity War. Infinity but, Game. Infinity Game. <laughs> Is that what I said? I was going to say that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other, only other person besides uh, uh, Petro or Petro and uh, Wanda, Wanda is Captain Marvel. Very true. So, and I, true. I know she's not a she's not a mutant in the comics, Captain Marvel, but if you think about it, the experiments, only worked on those two. As far as what they were, what they were doing, uh, who was who was doing that stuff? Was, was it Strucker, but wasn't it a part of a group like Hydra or something? No. Yeah, Strucker was still working for Hydra when he was working on the Maximovs, right? And making them into who they were, and and then obviously you get Captain Marvel as just an explosion where the Tesseract really detonates into her. So there is a theory going around the internet that mag they could. De- Potentially introduce Magneto into WandaVision. Interesting. And because of that, the way they tie it all together is that out of everybody in Sokovia, the, those are the only two kids that they experimented on and that worked. Like Ultron at one point does say like um, they did experience, experiments on you and I didn't know why at first but now i understand because they they talk about how their parents died and da 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 but right right it could be it potentially could be because they're magneto's children interesting so there's a theory that that he'll come uh come into wandavision and save wanda and kind of open that whole door uh what what a trip because paul bettany did tell collider that he got to work with an actor and it's a totally a secret He's been looking, uh, longing to work with the actor for years, and he finally got to. And he Pee said, Wee Herman. It was amazing, and fire, <laughs> fireworks exploded, and it was great. But my, th- what was interesting about it was like, oh, that could be anybody though. So I was like, kind of doing some Google searching, and I was like, yeah, that could that, be that, anybody. That could be any, that could be people in the MCU that because they don't ever really get to work together just because they're in the same movie. The weird thing is, it's gonna have to. My my whole thing is about like recasting though recasting what magneto because if you put if you make it ian mckellen no they're not gonna do that okay they're re- good they have to recast they they're just starting recast. over from scratch new so who could who would he love to work with that could be a good magneto huh yeah it's, uh, it's nick nolte nick nolte was our wasn't he already in? <laughs> probably i'm nick nolte i'm magneto metal <laughs> oh it comes to metal your way yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it could be. Um, yeah. Uh, also, before we get into the news, there's a, my theory, Chris, I wanted to to say this to you and hear what you thought. I know it's, we, we know that it's uh, spoilers, but if you've you watched the first two episodes, we know that S.W.O.R.D. is involved. Yes, but, of course. Um, Scarlet Witch is technically an, a mutant in the comics, um, but there's also a villain in the comics who is all about that's one has a multiverse tie 
and is very uh for some reason part of his powers is like television or something mm-hmm. and that is um I'm drawing a blank on his name but he's a villain uh Mojo they used him on Le- uh Legend or Legion but could could this potentially be a, a Mojo villain like a other world kind of dude or whatever yeah, that thing's called Yeah there was called. the Mojo there was the mojo verse but there's also ties he's tied to the to a multiverse he's not really like an alien from another planet or whatever who honestly i just don't know anymore you'd say it's a stretch except for you know i can't remember which movie the villain's gonna be kang the conqueror and they're starting to bring in some real crazy villains they're like (laughs) cosmic and dimensional entities i mean there's still a resounding theory in wandavision that the bad guy is Mephisto, and that Catherine Hahn's character is yes, Angela Harkness, yeah. the witch, and like that Mephisto is going to be introduced in this one to help lead into the fact that he's a bad guy in Doctor Strange too. So I, I just don't know at this point. I, you need more hints and clues. Yeah, it's going to be everyone's everyone's pulling out their red their red yarn and tape. Really, <laughs> Carol. Carol. <laughs> What's the I guy's name he's looking for? Uh, yeah, not only are all do all these people exist Pepe Sylvia Pepe Sylvia yeah. Pepe Sylvia anyways moving on alright Chris that, check out that episode uh, all you guys if you want to catch up on WandaVision hear what we got to say our theories we're going to be throwing new ones probably every week check us out over on the next episode but on that note Chris I'm going to have you start this news off right baby Disneyland canceling APs. This is a real shocking yeah. news story. Sent ripples, I would say, ripples through the, <laughs> through, the multiverse. through the multiverse, through the <laughs> through the California community. Um, so you're gonna find out what APs are. Disneyland is ending its annual pass program after being closed for most of the past year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, a quote from them said, uh, and this is from uh, President Ken uh, Potrock, said, We want to thank our annual pass holders for their understanding during this closure period. Due to the uncertainty of the pandemic and limitations around the reopening of our California theme parks, we will be issuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disney Resort annual passports and sunsetting the current program. Um, Sad news. Big word in there, big word in there, which is sunsetting, or I guess phrase, sunsetting the current program. Basically what this sounds like, there was a big deal, like, they canceled the annual passes, nobody will ever be a pass holder again. No, what they're saying is we're going to refund you all your money, and we're going to launch a new kind, which, if we're being honest, Brad, this is something I feel like they needed to do for a long time, but haven't had an opportunity to do it. The annual passport system is actually kind of a mess, Um, and having a chance to... In, in L.A., yeah, it is. I mean, the way they do block out, blackouts, the way they do tiers, like, they just try and, like, adjust on the fly, and it ends up causing mm-hmm. problems. When I think that what they're going to do is probably introduce what I would guess to be, like, a tiered system. They already have that. There are three tier options. But I think this will be more of, like, a pick-and-play sort of tier system um, because it's just this system's always been kind of a mess for them. Yeah, I mean, it is more f- aimed towards the locals uh absolutely i see i always enjoy i enjoyed the way the system was set up i you had your op your options great pretty much the three tiers was you want no blackout dates it's gonna be really expensive 
if you want to uh, only go during the week, that's an option. And you're pretty much blacked out all summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one in the middle was the one that I used to always get. And that was you could go on Sunday. And yeah. usually it's a slower time at the park. But I loved going on Sundays because of that. Like you had like Sunday night was kind of a cool night to go to Disneyland because all the kids are gone. Everyone's getting ready to to jet home on Monday or even that night. But so that was kind of cool. I, I was I so for me, when I lived there, it worked for me because I would go at like two o'clock and during the week anyway. And jam, you know, just, yeah. Cause usually if you're going to Disneyland and you're not from the area, you're you're trying to set up these days where you're, you got to go at like 8 a.m. every morning, do everything you can in while the park's open. Whereas like if you live there and you have that, you just go. It's like a date. You could do date nights there, you know? Yeah, like it's, absolutely. It's more, whereas like it, Disney World is more of a resort and uh, vacation from a destination versus. So it's not really the annual passes there are completely different than they are in L.A. Or Anaheim, whatever you want to call it. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I did read a lot about that. There's people not liking their their annual pass system, but I always seem to enjoy it. So I'm I'm curious to see what the the new rollout will be. Um, I guess I will say there was some time, but see, you could always buy a ticket on blackout days. You just and you got a discount. Right. So yeah, that's, you that's could. If it's a blackout day, you got a nice discount. But like sometimes they throw like there was always like I was getting announcements on there like. Twitter that would be like, oh, today's a blackout day due to this parade changing time. Sorry, assholes. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I didn't realize you were a pass holder. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I follow all that stuff. I was actually going to be the year that Ali and I went like three or four times. I was like, maybe it'd be better to just do it this way. But then we said, nah, here's our money. Yeah, but then you, well, I guess because they take your picture. Yeah. Things will be different at Disneyland, folks. So, so hang on to it. Yeah, because it's going to be on fire. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. Chris, great segue. Uh, <laughs> way to throw an alley-oop. If you uh, will. Uh, boom shakalaka is this next story. We're talking all about NBA Jam. It's a new document, Terry, or documentary. However you want to no, say it. Documentary. That. That's how everybody says it, Brad. Um, all about NBA Jam. So that's in the works. The film's going to be based on the book by Rayan Ali, that is about the game. For those who don't know, cool. NBA Jam was a classic two-on-two two old Super He's Nintendo on fire. arcade game um, back way back when, and it was a, it was just a game that blew up. But it's so it's actually pretty basic, like no fancy uniforms. Or it's <laughs> colorway, and mm-hmm. it's a the, you got to play some of the players. Some players weren't in it, obviously, like Michael Jordan never was in it. Uh, Kobe was like, there's a couple of different variations of the game, but anyway, it was a very popular game for you young kids who, who don't know, but it was a dope game. Now there's a documentary about it. Um, it's going to focus on the past. Uh, it'll focus on the game's creation and its rise to popularity. It's based on a book. Um, it contains interviews with a variety of people who helped put the, uh, original game together. It'll also feature thoughts from NBA players, longtime fans, and a number of others who adore the game. It stands to reason that the documentary will have many folks return to talk on the on the camera. Um, I mean, there's crazy cheats in this game too. You could play like the mascots. You could play as Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Um, yeah, they, they they had some fun with it. It was Al a fun Gore. time. I mean, these are those are like cool, fun cheat codes. Yeah, and it was a fun it was a fun arcade game like 
if I were to fun. get a yeah, if, if I were to get a an arcade cabinet, you'd get nowadays that one. You can, yeah, nowadays you can just like load it up with every single game. But if I had to decorate a cabinet, I would I would probably aim for NBA Jam. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one. I mean, and you can kind of have it's like endless fun. You know, it's not like you just can beat it over and over. You can play different mm-hmm. teams and different characters. It's two on two, so you can kind of mix it up. You can play with friends. It's just and it's like fun, lighthearted. It's not like super intense. I mean, you can get pissed, but it's still fun. Yeah, plus the catchphrases it comes with. I mean, like he's oh, heating up. He's on fire. Classic Boom shakalaka. Stuff. Classic stuff. Yeah, they tried to redo it. EA did a version of it, and then I mean, I have it on my PlayStation, but it's. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. They update. It's more like they got like the big heads because that was like a cheap. Oh yeah, the freaking everyone. big heads, the best. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, hopefully, this documentary will be cool, and I'm I'll I'll watch it. That's for sure. But way to make a comeback, you know what I mean? Big so, comeback. Uh, Guess who else is making a comeback, Brad? <laughs> what? You're never gonna believe this. Zack Snyder is. Um, and his, I'm just gonna say Snyder's league will go full. Feature probably could have done some sort of NBA league thing transition. No big deal. Snyder, uh, this is Zack Snyder. We're talking about the Justice League, his Snyder Cut, which we've been talking about at length for the past fifty years. Right. Um, Snyder. So Zack Snyder confirmed on Vero. Don't know what that is. That his much talked about project will be split. Will not, excuse me, be split up into a mini mini series, and will instead remain a movie with a whopping four hour runtime. Uh, during DC fandom in August, this is their huge like virtual con they kind of had. It was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder said that it would be available on HBO Max in four parts that would last one hour each. Now, walking that back saying, no, sit your fat ass on the couch, pop a bag of popcorn. <laughs> it's going to take four hours to get through this slog of a movie. That you've already seen most of. <laughs> that you've seen two and a half hours of and the other two and a half hours probably or the other hour and a half probably isn't going to blow your socks off but enjoy folks yeah this is I'm interesting. Gonna watch it. i'm gonna watch it i mean yeah we'll watch it i think this is an interesting move though uh he because he did he never officially said it was gonna be a mini series but he did say there's gonna be in four parts which i don't know i it's probably better that it's not but if i was hbo max i'd probably be like damn like we need that content to we need people to talk about HBO Max for at least four weeks in a row. Well, if we're being 100% honest, I, I I have a lingering suspicion that this change is not because it's such a good product that they want it to happen all at once, if you know what I mean. Uh, I think HBO Max is seeing, oh, this is trash. Um, let's just put it out in one thing, one big blowout, instead of, getting our asses handed to us three weeks in a row by people going this is garbage yeah i guess you yeah you could you could argue that um <laughs> yeah they'll lose they'll lose list uh listeners followers whatever yeah people Watchers. are gonna be people are gonna watch it and they'll watch that first two weeks and be like this movie sucks balls and they just it won't watch sucks. anymore so like <laughs> yeah, we'd rather have that's... somebody turn it on and stop watching two and a half hours in than watch one hour of it and never watch the rest that's yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's probably a good assessment from this news, especially after Wonder Woman eighty four did so bad. Yeah, they're like, oh boy, we can't take any more hits, Zach. And he's like, well, I got something for you. Not to mention this Ray Fisher thing still lingering, like at the hanging same time. Hanging over everybody. Yep, hanging did over. You hear, <laughs> did you hear about that phone call? Like he has a phone call. Thing oh taped. boy. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's that thing's still messy, but it I don't know. It's gonna get gonna any happen. less messy. 
It's still gonna get messy. But Batman is back. Well, Zack hey, Snyder's cool. back. But this well, next well, story, Chris, Batman's Batman back Returns, too, Brad. <laughs> this whole, from here on out, every, everything's back. So keep everybody's the, back. Hang on to your butts. Um, everybody's back. <laughs> Batman Returns. Uh, following the announcement that Batman the Animated Series was shifting over from the DC Universe platform onto HBO Max, it seems that the future of the classic cartoon could be brought back to life. Um, and they're speaking uh, speaking on the latest uh, podcast episode of the Batman Beyond podcast with uh, Mark... Uh, how do you say his name? Bernadine? Bernadine? Sorry. Yeah. Bernadine and Kevin Smith. Uh, they brought the rumor to light with the former... Firmly labeling it as a rumor, uh, the ru- is what they said. The rumor is that HBO Max is looking to make at making Batman the Animated Series sequel, Ugh. and they will continue to move the series forward. And Kevin Smith also added that if they do this, and this is what they're going to do, they're pretty much going to be printing money. Yeah, I, oh, I'm so excited! One of my favorite shows of all time, obviously, and yeah. uh, cannot wait. Just cannot wait. Yeah, you think they'll keep this? Do you think they'll? It hasn't officially been announced yet, but yeah, I mean, it it's seems not like official. because because Harley Quinn cartoon did so well. At an, I mean, that yeah, was like an R rated cartoon. Yeah, there's a, think, there's a market for it, and the show has such a following. You can show it to kids, but also you're gonna get every everybody who's a DC fan who grew up in the '90s is gonna be just binging it. Absolutely. I mean, it's already on HBO Max. Uh, it's a. It's just a cartoon that's so good. It just it's won Emmys all over the map. Yeah, it's and, a great and show. And I, I, even as a kid, I was wasn't into Batman very much, but I loved this show. It was oh. just something about being done on black construction paper. It's the best. Uh, do you think they'll make it try still towards kids, or you think they'll try and maybe make it geared a little bit more towards adults? I could see it being a hybrid. I could see it still having like the Batman, the classic style and the animated series style. But I could, I think some of the plot lines could be a little deeper. I think they could have some fun with it. I hope they don't do too much. I think it's charm is the fact that it's kind of art deco trapped in time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they could do some fun stuff with, with plot lines. It would make us go, ooh, I want to watch that. You think they'd bring back Mark Hamill? Um, oh, yeah, of course. They're going to get the whole full cast back. They'd have to, right? I mean, it's all, it's all up to Bruce Tim. Who, by the way, they have a new movie coming out, or it's out, uh, Batman. Uh, Soul, Soul of the, of the Demon? Soul of the de- Demon? Demon or Dragon? I think it's Dragon. Something, something. I don't think it's Dragon. Is it Dragon? Yeah, it is Soul of the Dragon. He fights a dragon! Yeah, it takes place in the 70s. It's kinda, it looks cool. Uh, yeah, same kind of art style as Batman animated series. But who else is back, Chris? Brad, I'll tell you who else is back. You're going to be blown away when you hear this one. Cap's back! Hey! Flame on! <laughs> Uh, Chris Evans is expected to return for at least one more Marvel Studios film after ostensibly leaving the role of Cap in Endgame. We all remember he got turned old and went back in time and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, And he said, I'm not coming back, but now everybody's coming back. Most resources reporting the announcement assume Evans is returning as Steve Rogers. The other possibility to consider is that Evans could be reprising his role as Fantastic Four member Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch. No chance on that one. Uh, Kevin Feige confirmed... Oh, no. Kevin Feige confirmed just a week ago that he is currently casting Fantastic Four reboot. And we've also heard recently about the next Spider-Man movie bringing in actors who played villains in the Spider-Man movie starring Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Too messy. Too messy. Hurts your brand to bring it back. Well, here's the other half to it, though, too, is 
you got the Spider-Man characters coming back from other movies. Plus, you also have uh, Tom Cruise supposedly coming in as Iron Man. And um, what's his name from The Office coming in as Chad Captain America. Yeah. And all this weird stuff, which I'm not a, I'm, you know, we're not fan. I don't know if, if you're still not a fan of the multiverse stuff, but I'm definitely not. Especially if, the more people that keep adding to this thing is like, is like getting more cringeworthy to me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, I just don't know. I think uh, I- I'm excited for the possibility. I'm excited for the possibility that it will be good. Uh, but it's a lot to swallow, a lot to chew on. But, you know, if anybody can do it, the MCU can. True. Um, there's a couple of things that we've kind of talked off the pod, but when I read the, the Johnny Storm thing, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But the other th- side of it, too, is we don't know where uh, Chris Evans is going to go. Like, he could be in a movie. He could be on an episode. Yeah. He could, could kind be a of memory, place. he could be a dream, he could be a multiverse character. We just don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with my theory in the fact that I think I think they're going to bring him in as a scroll for the secret invasion Very possible. show. Very possible. Because um, people are saying that maybe he'll, he'll do the, like the old man cap and go, like they see him go through and drop off all these, tell the story of dropping off all these Infinity Stones and then staying back. It'll be interesting. It'll be it would answer some questions. Yeah, I think, but I don't. I just it's weird because again, Chris Evans was the one who was like, "I'm ready to leave," and right, and now everybody's kind of like, "Well, we like it." <laughs> what do you, but you, More, what do you maybe. think? What, how do you think he's gonna come back? Just looking as sexy as ever. <laughs> <laughs> no theories from you, huh? No theories, just that he's going to come back looking studly with that jawline. <laughs> Speaking of jawlines, uh, and coming back, Matt Damon has reportedly been cast. Matt Damon! Thor, Love and Thunder. Sick. Uh, Matt Damon was, made a cameo in Ragnarok as Loki, right? Yeah, he played Loki in a play on Asgard. Yeah, he was an actor playing Loki in a play while Loki disguised as Odin yeah. was watching. Yeah. He's an he was an Asgardian actor. <laughs> Love it. So I, there's been r- rumors and talks that like who about the character he could potentially play, but it seems I I would be weird if they like try to bring him in now as like a regular character or like without it being a cameo of him as that same character, right? Exactly. Yes. It's going to be a confusing thing. So you think he's coming back as like a different character altogether? No, he'll come back as himself or he'll a come variation back, of himself. He'll come back as that character he played in Ragnarok. Yes. Just like as a, a different Yeah, just Asgardian. a normal, a fun little Asgardian little nod. Interesting. Yeah, like he'll, <laughs> you think they'll do another play? <laughs> Maybe they'll do another play of something no, else. Like, would, that'd, that'd be, that'd that'd be, be fun, man. I, yeah. I don't doubt it. Taika's style is, he's just, he's so funny. He's so on the nose. Um, I think, I think it's a great thing that he's coming back in on this one. <laughs> or somehow he, he wants to do another play of, of Thor and Loki. And he, <laughs> I, I freaking love of it. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for the news this week. Wow. Good news. 
Yeah, lots of Marvel stuff. So keep your ear to the ground. Stuff is a brewing. Watch WandaVision. 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 Check it out on Wednesday night. And on that note, Chris, let's get into this main topic. Now, House of M is a 2005 comic book storyline by Marvel Comics. Uh, The storyline consists of eight core issues. It's a limited series by Brian Michael Bendis, one of the greats, um, and illustrated by Oliver Coppell, and a number of crossover tie-in books. There's about 50 books altogether. Which is so crazy. Like, that I remember this vividly being, this is one of the first comic series when I started collecting comics that I was like out and I started collecting. I was like, this is really weird. It was hard to catch up. I didn't know a lot of characters. And I just remember there being an enormous amount of, here are the five or whatever you said issues of the main story. And here's yeah. all the tie-in issues. And it was yeah, like, oh like, shit. There's like all the different titles that crossed over into it about each different character and their whole thing. Because uh, this is actually a huge storyline, and we'll get into it, but um, it took play, uh, followed up the events of Planet X and Avengers Disassembled, which also involved Heavy with the Scarlet Witch just basically dismantling the Avengers. Yes. Um, still, she's going through a mental breakdown after the and altering the fabric of time, and this one uh, recreates her lost children, I think because her children died in Avengers Disassembled. Like, yeah, that, that's she could right. Never have children yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah like, she had to make a deal with Mephisto, but then the deal ended up being, you know, sour. Yeah, uh, but House of M somehow replaced, uh, was originally on Earth six one six, but then somehow ended up getting reverted to Earth fifty eight or fifty eight thousand one hundred sixty three. I don't even know. Yeah, it's so it's Earth crazy. There's there. there's so many there's so many little. I mean, the story of this one just not to ruin anything but the the story of this one is so fantastic and very interesting but there are so many little threads it's insane yeah uh well we'll, maybe we won't spoil all of it but it basically starts off you get an issue number one and again we're only talking about the main issues not we're not going to really talk too much about the other uh 40 books that are in this whole thing because we'll be crazy we'll be we talking about for months the just the uh, the overall general storyline is it ta- it takes all these characters and they're in this alternate universe or not alternate universe but an alternate reality and so each of these crossover books is basically those main characters like Spider-Man and yes. how his world has changed what he's up to and all the characters and who's Spider-Man. different who's living a yes. different life who's like what that means how that impacted everything Right, so they do that for a bunch of different characters because they have their own lines and it gets all messy. But the main storyline has everyone in it as well. It's just not as detailed as all these characters and their world and the rogues gallery and all that stuff. But right. it's, a lot, it's got everything. It's got, character-wise, you got, you got obviously, X-Men. You got the Avengers in there. Defenders, which is Luke Cage, Jessica. Oh, you have everybody. That's another part about this that was yes. maybe when I was starting was confusing. Um, or just in general, you go back and read the story again, you're like, dude, there's so many characters in this thing that it's like, oh, yeah, these couple of like crazy weird mutants or this freaking yeah, no, blankety blank. It's got Fantastic Four. You got Doom, Neymar. It's got everybody. And it starts off. This thing has everybody. It starts off this meeting, right? You get all these Every superhero you can think of in the Marvel Universe is like getting talked about to have this meeting because there's something going on 
where Scarlet Witch is fucking shit up. <laughs> Thing, she is blowing it. Yeah, so she uh, basically, they get together and they're trying to have this discussion of whether or not they should kill her because yes. her powers are her mental breakdown. I mean, and for those of you listening, yeah. that don't know, we talked about four feet on the podcast, but Scarlet Witch's ability isn't just, she has telekinesis and red magic to pick shit up. Her power is the ability to alter, alter reality. Yeah. And yeah. Charles Xavier, basically at the beginning of this is saying, if she loses control of her powers, I can't stop her from changing all of reality. Right. Right. <clears throat> which is bad news. What you think would be good news, I mean, the main story, and not to jump too far ahead, but the main plot of this is the idea, we just saw it in Wonder Woman 1984, but very, very shitty. You know, the whole thing is like, yeah. her reality gives you whatever your heart desires, but this does such a better job of showing how some one person's heart's desire can be overridden by somebody else's if it's bigger. Right, right. And yeah, we'll definitely get to that. So... um like I said, they're all, I mean, everyone's meeting together and it's, there's this weird conversation. They're talking about killing a person and, but they need to do something. Otherwise shit's going to go crazy. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. That's the first episode or issue is just them getting this idea that something's going to happen if we don't act and sort of, it sort of lays the groundwork. It's very slow build, a slow burn that's, you know, something's wrong. Um, it's kind of introducing the fact that these are the people who have died in the past. These are the people who are still around. This is what everybody's doing. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. She's what? Yeah, in, in uh, Genosha. Yeah, she's on the island of Genosha, the mutant island. Vision is dead at this point, so that doesn't help anything. Right. Uh, and Magneto's kind of keeping her there, like protecting her there. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's his daughter, and he's sort of, he's the one that's trying to find help for her because she's sort of going insane, and he knows it. Yeah, because Charles, and Charles is... Xavier is trying to reach out to him and be like, hey, like we need to do something about this. Yeah, it's going to get bad bad if we don't do something. Yeah, and then uh anyway, Quicksilver he, like I don't know if he, I don't remember if he's in the meeting or if he just like is whizzing by so fast that he he uh gets the Magneto first and he's like really upset and he's telling him like, yo, they're going mean, to kill him. It's his her. sister they're trying to kill, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Magneto breaks it down and all of a sudden there's this big like the end of the first issue is just like a, a white explosion kind of thing happens. Yeah. And you don't really know what. And an event, if you yes. will. Yes, yes. So that's the first issue. Still got some mystery to it, which I like. Um, and again, this kind of does tie back into WandaVision in a slight way. Not directly um, the exact same. So yeah, in the next issue, you, you kind of start to see how different the the marvel universe is now at this point like you see they go through a few different characters where they are and what's different and yeah you'll things, see things have changed uh, reality has been altered yeah so you see things like uh captain marvel's back in her old costume yep um you see that cyclops is with um what's her name um emma frost emma frost they're married cap can't remember anything he's an old Old, old old guy veteran yes who never who never uh was frozen so yeah he's just an old guy doesn't remember because yeah, he got his heart's desire which was to live out his life yep there's like an underground group human with, resistance with uh luke cage luke cage, like some of these characters you'll notice too look different 
different hairstyles and things like that. Different hairstyles, different costumes, different yeah. just their all their all their timelines have been altered. And Hank <laughs> Hank Pym is working with uh, Beast, and they're basically talking about. Uh, oh yeah, and Storm is somehow dating Magneto. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, but it ends. This this issue ends actually really cool because Wolverine all of a sudden wakes up. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> what thing? Yeah, he wakes up on a shield helicarrier. He's part of something called the Red Guard with like it's like an elite strike shield strike force. Yeah, uh, with Mystique. I think he wakes up in bed with Mystique. Yeah, but she's. She changed it to uh, Jean Grey, right? Right, yes. Yeah, and he's, she's like, what? I thought you you liked it last night or whatever. Exactly. He's like, like, he's like what the fuck is going on? Where, where's where's Charles? Yeah, because, and this is something that's really cool and something that stands out. We saw this in Days of Future Past as well. Yes, yeah. Wolverine's ability to heal means that his mind can heal. It can go through certain illusions or damage to it and in this case it remembers because it heals from the reality explosion right and he starts to remember like literally everything and he knows there's things that he doesn't remember yeah which is really the antithesis another great way a great way to tell a big story like this hone in on one character who not only remembers but is trying to put the pieces for everybody else together yeah and he's he can't figure it out also and we, we find this out in the third issue there's another like somehow there's another child. Magneto has another child who's just right. Yes, a regular. Well, I think they say don't they say that um, Wanda is the human child and the other one, Lorna or whatever, is the mutant. Right. Another huge part of this too. They, speaking of mutants, the fact they, that the, half the population of the world is mutants. Yeah, so like now mutants are accepted across everywhere. Like they're the In fact, they're in charge. Exactly. They they you see there's a like a a girl getting beat up or picked on by three other mutants and they call they the slang term is sapes, right? They call them sapes. Yep, sapiens. Yeah, and they this is kind of a really horrible panel, but he's you see yeah, a girl yeah. on the ground and and he's like light, another guy's like lighter shirt on fire. Let's see a show. <laughs> Right, something yeah, like not, that. It's not great. It shows that whoever's in charge is always there's always going to be racism or speciesism or <clears throat> yes. But then it turns out that Magneto is now Magnus, and he's like this great right lord, or they call him Lord Magnus. Is that right? Lord Magnus. Yep. What the? I had this all pulled up. Now it's gone. The thing I love about this, though, in this issue is that the, there's this ta- like tabloid. It's called The Pulse. And on the front of it, it says, the House of Magnus is big day. There's like this big event that's happening. And then there's also, I love that there's like page six, which is a big thing in the New York Post about like gossip. And it's like, trouble for Captain Marvel? <laughs> right, um, because she is one of these people who has been accepted as even though she's a sapien, she's an enhanced sapien, and so right. the mutant population accepts her the same way they accept that Spider-Man is they just everybody just considers him a mutant. Yeah, and he's actually again we learn in this issue too that all these characters are living a life that they always wanted to live. Yeah. Which they love and which I could you kind of realize that like that no wonder why the 
they wouldn't want to do this right away or like believe that this isn't real. Sure. Um, it's that illusion that once you get what you want, then why try and poke holes in it? And Wolverine, obviously, as you see in the series, you know, he starts poking holes and people start to think, well, something is wrong. But in those first couple of issues, it's really kind of fun to see all these characters turned on their heads. And in a way, that's what makes the series fantastic all around is like I said earlier, you know, it's about each character getting what they always wanted. And how the idea that Magneto wanted something really big and he got it. But in, nestled inside that, Peter Parker gets what he wants. And Doctor Strange gets what he wants. But as they start to remember, that reality starts to unravel. Yeah, and there's like... <laughs> this. I just love this newspaper thing. It's like House of Magnus Gala this weekend. And it's got a picture of Eric Magnus and Princess Arroyo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they're okay, like, yeah. it's just like, they're the best. I mean, Ma Magneto, we don't have to dive in all the 70s stuff, but, you know, Magneto's three things he wanted were for mutants to be accepted, mutants to be free, and I can't remember what the other one was, his children to be safe or something like that. And he gets all three, but at great personal cost, or basically he becomes the, you know, ruler of the world, but it has consequences that come with it. Right, so Wolverine is out to find Charles Xavier, because he's apparently, he's missing... But no yeah, he's really... missing. Nobody knows where he is. Nobody really remembers him. But he's such a key factor because, and Wolverine figures this out. He's like, is it Wolverine or maybe it's Emma Frost? Somehow they they when they start cracking down on it, they figure out that the only way that everyone could get what they want is through Charles Xavier and Cerebro. Because yeah, those broadcast she can't because Wanda can only change the reality, but she has to know um what people want in order to grant it to them right you know it's actually a really cool character in this issue or in this series event all together is um cloak cloak is in here doing some stuff he's in there yeah oh cloak's he's in there doing huge stuff he basically saves everybody yeah he's down there with uh luke cage with hawkeye yeah. he's let's, let's let them get into places no one else can go and he really uses that shadow transport ability which is awesome yeah uh, so they finally talk to Wolverine. He's trying to explain everything. But then we get this new character, uh, this little girl, who is able to show people uh, what real, what their real life really is. And she's right. able to, But I forget where she can, she comes from. She just kind of pops up. But she was it's with like, the It's in one of the side issues. Is it? Her name's yeah, Layla. Yeah, it's in one of those 40 like, ones where it just, it's like her backstory. Oh, she has like her own little. Yeah. And there's other crazy stuff too. Like I forgot like the whole, that's when you get really into the deep shit of this, right? Like Fantastic Four is made up of different people. You know, yep. it's like Dr. Doom married Sue, um, Storm. Sue and like the oh, thing was altered, but he they couldn't stop his growth. So he's like a big dumb monster. Is that, well, I remember that happened in Secret Wars with Doom marrying Sue. Yeah. It's, that it, that's a too? crazy one. Yeah. That first cover, they remake the first issue uh, with them. And there was also like House of Art Armor Wars was one. Um, Spider-Man was one. Like they were all these side ones, which was nuts. Yeah, they go, the Spider-Man one was deep, but actually becomes part of main storyline in this one because they recruit Spider-Man. And he's basically married to Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. Uncle Ben is still alive. He has a child. He's not with um mary jane and so they find him and they're like hey pal here it is <laughs> and this little hey, girl the shows now. him the way and there's a, a like a 
splash page where it's just all those Spider-Man characters kind of and his what's current what the real uh, the reality is for him. And you know, you see Mary Jane that says, "Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot." And he's like, yeah. "No." He like freaks out. They all freak out when they yeah. learn the truth. Everybody does. It's like your all your dreams are just gone. Yep. So then that on the, in this issue, I believe it's issue uh, five. You start to they go through and find all the characters like uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange. Then they get the Cap, and they're like, "Nah, leave him alone. He's an old guy. Doesn't remember anything. Now he's happy. He, he wasn't frozen. Just leave him alone." But I come. He comes back with that whole thing, right? He stays old. And yeah, like, he comes back, but then there's like a thing with the ice after he dies. That's after Civil War, because this was this was a precursor to Civil War, right? But I think one there was like one arc in between this and Civil War. One big thing too that's interesting about this from Michael Bendis writing this perspective also is um, not not a heavy action. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's uh, no comic. Like, there's there's, there's no so action. much more heady like. Okay, let's talk about dreams and realities and what that means. And it, it really, I think that's what makes this one stand out as being different. You can listen or you can read other main big time events where it's like, we went to war with each other or these bad guys were fighting this planet. This one's all about like taking a character who's been written for maybe 30 years or 50 years or 10 years and just showing who they could be and how that all works. And then showing that sometimes life isn't a fairy tale, that it's really hard. And it really humanizes a lot of characters and sets up a lot of great stuff for future series about characters who end up remembering or don't remember that this happened to them or or came back to life. There's that. I mean, this whole Hawkeye story is pretty amazing or characters who, you know, and they and they remember being dead and they're like, but this is not right. You know, it, it really it messed stuff up and you still see the ripples of it today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but it also also circles around this event, which is the. Um the Magnus Gala, which yes. the heroes crash yep. with a giant sentinel. Because if you and can it, stop, they figure if they can stop Magneto, maybe they can stop all of it. Yeah, so this is the pretty much the first action, really, uh, is this scene where the sentinel comes through and he destroys it and they all pop out like they're ready to go. Ready to dance. But uh, Emma Frost finds the Mo- Xavier Memorial Garden. So, with uh, Cloak and Layla. Then we get down to the, the juicy last two, two issues, which we won't spoil for you. Uh, but this is, this is probably one of the coolest comic events. Um, I would say, I, I don't know if I'd throw it up to top three, but it's up there with, you know, Secret Wars, Civil War. Um, I think... Another cool thing they did with Secret Wars too is they kind of brought that back in the fold as like a like another section of the planet that Doom put together. Yeah. Um, they also they did a recent run of like X Men was like House of X though, right? Like yeah, House of X and Powers of X, which were you know it's similar title, but yeah, just titled that, but didn't have any ties to to that. They were more about like um power evolutions and changing and how the future can you have to save the future to save the past and really good you see that with um i would say that's closer to what you see in uh crisis like they'll put crisis mm-hmm. in the title of something in dc but that doesn't necessarily mean they're like infinite crisis and crisis on infinite earth are ne- not necessarily tied together it just means big time problem gotcha yeah yeah uh chris so we got wandavision we're still learning a, you know what this show is about 
it's supposed to heavily play on it. And I'm not sure exactly. I guess I don't, anybody really knows at this point, but um, some of the similarities are things that have been, at least that I've seen in the show and some of the trailers is there's, you know, we know Wanda's pregnant at this point with two kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Inside the show, at least. Yeah. Inside the show. And much like the comic series of house of M was, you know, she has two kids that aren't real there. And I believe Charles at the beginning is trying to tell her, like, these children aren't real. It's yeah, it's not real, Wanda. Off. You need to snap out of it, but it's yeah, kind of the yeah. last-ditch effort. Um, aside from that, Chris, is there any... I know, I know we talked a little bit about this off the pod, but are there any other similarities in WandaVision you see being um, absorbed from this comic event? Obviously, it's not going to be anywhere near cause, as big, but... Yeah, I think that's the key is honestly the size um, and the people that are in the property. You're not going to see that level, but I think it is taking heavily from the Wanda storyline, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's pulling heavy from something is going on where Wanda's having a breakdown. This is what my, my theory is that, you know, WandaVision is happening in her head. She created a reality bubble, whether that's to save herself, her unborn children, um, something's going on where she's, she's creating this pocket reality and playing it out like TV and we're kind of supposed to solve the mystery. I think we'll see that. There could be some other ties, some light ties to the Marvel Universe as we get into later episodes. But I really think this is kind of an isolated incident that's really just showcasing, you know, Wanda's abilities and what she needs to do now that Vision is, you know, dead since Infinity War and uh, and whatever happens with her children. If, if they are real children, that is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my other question to you is, do you see... Um, a potential resurfacing of Pe- uh, Pedro, Petro, Maximo. Of Petro Maximo. A great question because if Aaron in WandaVision, she, she is making this reality. You think the one character she would also bring back is her brother. I do see a potential of him to, to make a guest appearance, maybe thing. Maybe when she really, I think as this show goes on, what we saw in House of M will translate here as well, where you're seeing less and less control over it as it goes on. You know, it's, it's a story she's playing out, but I think things are going to start to get shaky, and that could mean, you know, yeah, her, he could make a guest appearance as a character on the show, and then that could help her remember something, which then rattles reality because she realizes he's dead and then realizes Vision is dead. You know, there could be this sort of like, this thing's going to start to disintegrate the deeper we go into it, is my thought. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um and there's also the theory that, you know, Magneto could come in and save the day as well and introduce mutants and blah, blah, blah. Sure, yeah, they could introduce Magneto. They can introduce, I mean, they're going to do something crazy um, depending on, you know, what character. And and it's like what you, Paul Bettany said, you know, we, we he's worked with an amazing actor in a lifetime and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, does that necessarily mean that that is somebody good? I mean, could it be that whoever they cast to be Mephisto? You know what I mean? Yeah, it could. It could Maybe Daniel Day-Lewis right coming out of retirement to be freaking Mephisto. That'd be a treat. Daniel Day-Lewis, huh? He'd be a good Mephisto. He kind of looks like him, too. True. Wasn't his... What, he, what was his last movie? Hellboy? Was, was that the, it? Um, Who was that guy? The Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Oh, that's right, 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 right. And Who he said, I'm it? retiring from acting with 30 Oscars or whatever he's got. <laughs> Who was the dude that played the bad guy? Or, or like the... I don't know if he was a bad guy, but... Remember that last Hellboy with the dude from Stranger Things? So bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie sucked. What about William Defoe? He could be fucking Mephisto. There you go. Um, 
This could really go anywhere. Uh, I, I'm on Aaron Taylor Johnson's IMDb page, but I realized once I got to it, I didn't want to scroll down in case it, he does make an appearance. You'd be like, oh, shit. I, I I'm sure know. they keep that under wraps. Hopefully. I mean, they were able to keep a lot of Star Wars secrets, but um, Marvel's a big, big thing. What's-her-name was actually making fun of uh, Ruffalo again. She was like, I was so scared that I didn't want to pull a Ruffalo. About telling the secrets in an interview for WandaVision. What's her name? The neighbor, uh, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine Hahn's like, yeah, I'm not it's easy to, to it's easy to slip up. You know, you gotta be on, you gotta be on your game. Especially if you're Tom Holland, you don't can't. Yeah, that guy's you don't a even, real dunker. <laughs> you spoiling things you don't even know, man. Yeah, <laughs> just, pulled, just spoil it. When he just pulled out the poster, it's like, oh, whoops! And it literally says, "Do not show." Me. Anybody oh, whoopsie doodles. Yeah, I think My some bad. of that stuff was scripted. Anyway, uh, definitely check out House of M because, again, it's one of the best um, comic book events. And if you really want to yeah. dive deep, because it, it's a really great read across all of these other issues. I know it's 50. It sounds like a lot. But, um, I mean, you get Spider-Man, a whole re- reality change for Spider-Man, which is a lot of fun. You got the Fantastic Four. Um X-Men, all these different characters. It's a, it's a really cool event. Almost like a what if, but in real life. That made any sense. Yeah, no, it really is. It's like a what if event that takes place in the main continuity. And it planted seeds in so many of the movies that you've seen related to Marvel. And it's going to keep planting seeds. So definitely worth a read. Quick five issues. You'll, you'll have fun. Eight. It's eight issues. Eight issues, sorry. I keep saying five. That, is it, I think actually it's, it's either eight or nine. I think it's nine. There was something weird here i was like oh wow that's funny that there's eight episodes wandavision and the house of m is eight issues not really it's probably more of a coincidence but i also saw that there might be nine episodes of wandavision well, not, at least what imdb said oh interesting it went from six to eight to nine who knows but it could tie in together, so definitely keep your ears locked and eyes locked to WandaVision. Let us know what your theories are, if you have them. Definitely stick around. To right after this is uh, the next episode. We talk episodes number one and two. And then later this week, we will be dropping episode three of WandaVision. So stay tuned right here on the dopest nerd podcast this, 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 this the out there. Show. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter, my man, Chris Bucky Watts. We out of here, baby. Hey! <laughs> <laughs>